this is, I think, really eye-opening to me. It is, it is crazy how Jekyll and Hyde this team is home and away. They are truly a different team at home. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. You can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. I am joined, as always, by producer JT, who you can follow on social media at JT underscore Runky. JT, we just finished an absolute nail-biter down to the last minute of overtime in Bill's Eagles. Brutal. Brutal for me as a better. Brutal yes. for me as a better. We can let's discuss that game a little bit here at the top. But first, how are you? How are you on this fine Sunday evening? I'm all right. It's been a long day for me. Um, I know it has. Yeah. As uh, as you know, the, the Titans did play a game today, but I was still in South Carolina this morning uh, when 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 the sun came up, and so I leave South Carolina. It's about a six hour drive from South Carolina where I was in Columbia um, um, to Nashville. And so I get up at seven o'clock Eastern time, which is six. And I say, you know what? I can make it back before the game It's six hours. It's fine. Well, I did not get back until the final whistle blew on this Titans Panthers (laughs) game. My six hour trip turned into 10 hours. And here we are now. Um, Who knew this was the busiest travel day of the year? Who knew? Yeah. Not the hard way. Yep. But uh, yes, we're glad you're back. We're glad you're back in one piece. The Titans, are they back? They're home. They get they came back home, so they won again. That shouldn't really be shocking in retrospect to seeing how the season has gone for them so far. We're going to talk a lot about that today. The home and away splits, what I thought of Will Levis's game today, some ups and some downs from him, some thoughts on some other guys like Jalen Duncan, rookie tackle, getting his first start at left tackle today. Not a ton of thoughts, as always, on a Sunday evening about offensive line play because we've not yet watched the tape, but I cannot wait to watch the all 22 of him this week because there's a general eye test. Like, you know, like if, if the all 22, you can give a letter grade watching the game in real time, you can give kind of a pass fail, right? Like it, you really can't give a great, uh, in detail evaluation or, or go, go into the analysis of an offensive lineman from just the broadcast or just watching it in person, but you can kind of, feel it out and tell whether or not they did relatively good or relatively bad. And I think it was a relatively good outing for him. So that's exciting. We'll talk about that and much more in today's episode. Appreciate you guys joining us live. If you are with us live, do me a quick favor. First of all, if you're watching on Twitter or on Facebook, go on over to Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. It's Broadway Sports Media on YouTube. Check out the page over there. Find this live stream there. And that's where you'll be a part of the conversation in the comment section of this live stream on that YouTube page, like Joseph and Joey and Josh. All, the three J's, all, of J's. All, all the J's today in the comments. Appreciate you guys being with us today live. And we would love to hear your thoughts, questions, queries, comments on the Titans uh, in this Panthers game, their first win in about a month. Um, we are brought to you by our wonderful, amazing sponsors, Boom Boss Sports. Sport, what? Well, I just had an aneurysm. I'm so sorry. I combined Boom Boss Craft Pizza and Broadway Sports. It's been a long day for me, if you can't yeah. tell. We are sponsored by Boom Boss Craft Pizza and Tap House, a place that I can't wait to get back to this week on Thursday night. As you know, if you're a listener to this show, JT and I are live each and every Thursday before Thursday Night Football doing this show, previewing the Titans' upcoming game that Sunday every single Thursday night this season, right before Thursday night football at 5.30 p.m. Eastern or Central Standard Time, excuse me. 
and uh, we have a great time. We, we talk Titans for about an hour on the show, and then we hang out with whoever is in the building for Thursday Night Football at the bar, at the tables, wherever, like getting some pizza, getting some drinks. It's a great time. It's great eats. It's great drinks. It's a ton of fun. We'd love for you to come and hang out with us. It's in Spring Hill. It's Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House, just 20, 25 minutes down I-65 if you live in the Nashville area. Boomba's has three Middle Tennessee locations in Spring Hill, where we're at as well as Murfreesboro and East Nashville. So check whichever location is nearest you out when you get a chance because they do great work. All right, JT, before we get to the Titans game, I feel like most people pouring in here are coming off of watching that barn burner of a Bills game. Uh, the the poor Bills, man, just pain, just pain ever. I mean, I'm once again, I'm going to reference the Jameis Winston uh, Saints clip after that game where they beat the Falcons in week one a couple years ago. And the sideline reporter says, J- Jameis, Saw you went to the blue injury tent there. What happened? What's going on? And he just said, she's like, you know, what's the injury? Where, where does it hurt? And he goes, it was just pain. It was just pain everywhere. Just all pain. That's, that's Buffalo Bills uh, fandom right now. We've got a close personal friend, JT and I, um, who is a a Bills fan pouring one out for him tonight. Absolutely. A brutal loss. I didn't know that Josh Allen is now 0-6 in his career in overtime games, including two overtime losses in the postseason. Holy cow. You mean, it's incredible. It's incredible how such a phenomenal elite quarterback can have such a poor record in overtime and really like not any fault of his own necessarily. He was once again, hero ball, Josh Allen in this game and they just didn't do enough. I mean, they had a chance there at the end with Gabe Davis, a go ahead touchdown to win it all. Gabe Davis is an option route looking the wrong way. Tony Romo did, did a, did a great job on the broadcast breaking down how that's kind of a, Nobody's fault, just miscommunication situation. So that was brutal. But um, JT, do you have one overarching thought from that game besides me later in the show whining about how it cost me a win in the best bet gauntlet? I mean, all I'm going to say is that I'm going to continue after two weeks now to say that the Philadelphia Eagles are frauds. In oh, these games. I like it. I, watch I, I, I think they're. I think they are frauds, and we will soon the see them. With the stat. I know the uh, stat you have in your head. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Bills just became the fourth team ever to win the turnover battle, have 500 total yards, mm. and outgain their opponent by 127 yards and still mm. lose. I, unbelievable. I it's, it's unbelievable. Well, not to mention um, the Eagles now, what is it three or four games in a row where they've been outgained and they still won? Yeah, yes, they're getting, it's, it's ridiculous. They're going full Stealers out here. We, you, yes. you never go full Steelers. They, they're no, going full Pittsburgh Steelers. They're both frauds. They're, they're not the same level of frauds, but they are in fact, both frauds right now. Um, brutal, 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 brutal. All right. Y'all didn't come here for Bills Eagles talk. You came here for Titans Panthers talk, which in the grand scheme of things, comparing that Bills Eagles game to this Titans Panthers game kind of feels like you're talking about two different sports, but they are in fact the same sport. And these Titans got a win at home once again. They are now 4 0 at home, JT, which makes them 0 7 on the road. It's weird talking about home and away splits with this Titans team because of that home game in London that you and I attended, which was very much a Ravens slanted crowd. Um, certainly, I mean, it was closer to neutral than being a, a Ravens home game. But if you if you had to divvy it up, I'd say it was probably like 65, 35 Ravens fans in there in terms of cheering and rooting interest. And so that really wasn't a home game for the Titans. And so at Nissan Stadium is really the way to talk about it. The Titans have yet to lose. And that's where I want to start today, and then we'll address all of your questions and comments 
in the comment section. So please keep them coming. We'll, we'll fly through those today. going to do a bit of an abbreviated show because that overtime of the late window went so late. And there's not a ton to say about this game before we can dive into the film. So we'll talk for about 30 minutes or so on this Titans team and then we'll let everybody get to their Sunday evenings, get to what should be a fun Sunday night football game in Baltimore and uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. But JT, if you wouldn't mind throwing up that graphic, I, after the game, had to do this by hand because, again, the home and away splits on all the stat websites I use, it it's, first of all, when the game just happened, it's not, those websites don't yet include the stats from this game, which is annoying. But also, they're going to include home split data for that Ravens game, the London game, in the home side. And so it, it skews the numbers. So I, I went by hand, calculated these numbers, and I want, if you're not, if you're just listening with us via the podcast after um, Sunday night, if you're not listening to this live, go to YouTube, Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page, pull up this live stream or the, the the replay of the live stream or the video to find the actual visual of this chart because it's a lot of numbers about to uh, throw at you and it's going to be tough to keep up with if you're not looking at it in person. But this is a chart of Titans home and away stats. Uh, the splits are pretty astonishing, JT. Some simple ones that aren't shocking at all, right? Tennessee at home is averaging 24.75 points per game, just under 25 points per game. Away, they are averaging just over 12 points per game, so less than half. Their opponents, they are allowing at home to score 15 points on average. On the road, they are allowing nearly 24 points. Um, so that's, you know, that's reflective of the fact that they're winning at home and losing on the road. Also reflective of wins and losses is the total yards at home. Tennessee is outgaining their opponents on average per game, 345 yards to 288 on the road. They're being outgained 249 to 362. But then we get into some more detailed statistics, and this is really where we paint the picture of what is going wrong. And, and I don't want to mislead anybody. We're not going to, I'm not going to go through all these numbers. And then at the end, give you the, 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 the key to what exactly is the reason behind the Titans playing better at home than they are on the road. It's an enigma, man. I don't know. Like I, it, they're Superman at home. And then if they're not at home everywhere, every other stadium in the NFL universe is kryptonite. I, I, I it's, it's the little things, right. And, and it's hard to say it's a coincidence and, and there's not more to it. Maybe it is true that this Titans team is just a little bit soft. Maybe it's true that they don't travel very well. And if you think that's the case, whatever you think the case is, give me your best theories in the comment section right now if you're listening with us live as to what you think is the main issue for this Titans team uh, on the road as opposed to at home. But it's it's a lot of little things, right, JT? It's the red zone efficiency. It is the ability to sustain drives. It is the ability to stay on schedule. It is the turnover differential. So let's look at some of those numbers, right? The first of these statistics that really jumps out off the page is that turnover differential at home, a plus one turnover differential. And this is for a team, by the way, that we've talked about in recent episodes is near the bottom of the league in terms of turnovers given away, which is good and turnovers taken away by your defense, which is bad. So they've not a lot of turnovers to speak of at all in this Titans uh, season from them or their opponents, but there've been a couple and at home, they have a plus one turnover differential. That's recipe for success. On the road, JT, minus five. They're giving the ball over, far, giving the ball away far, far more often on the road. And that's recipe for losses. So that's a part of it. Another part of it, their red zone efficiency. This is this was staggering to me because I knew in my head, anecdotally, like, yeah, they're scoring more touchdowns at home. They're, they're being more efficient in the red zone at home. I didn't know it was this bad until I sat down, pen and paper, jotted it out. At home, 
Tennessee is eight for 11 in the red zone, 73%. That's amazing. That would be first in the league right now. It'd be first in the league most seasons. It would be even significantly better than their top of the league average the past couple of seasons that we're talking about all the time where it's like, where'd that team go? They were so good at it. This would be even better than that. Uh, 73% is, is a number that's so crazy. You're like, if we were talking about this Titans team actually being at 73% through like three or four games of the year, we'd say that's unsustainable. That's going to regress dramatically. Like there's no way you can't keep that up. That's crazy. Their opponents in terms of the defense being, you know, stout in the red zone, allowing uh, field goals instead of touchdowns. Their opponents are five for 10 in Nissan stadium, which is a 50% clip on the road. JT. So the Titans 73% clip in the red zone at home on the road that drops down to 20%. They are four for 20 in the red zone on the road. Four for 20. One in five times they get into the red zone, they find the end zone on the road. At home, it's three out of every four times. And their opponents aren't great on I mean, this is to, to go all the way back, folks that have been listening to the show every episode for a while now. You know that I've been on this. The Titans defense is not good this year. They are underperforming. And also, they've been doing enough to win these games for the Titans offense. Red zone efficiency, they've been pretty good on the road, allowing their opponents, again, the Titans have not won a game when they are not at home. So you'd think there'd be some real like, stinkers in there where teams were just in the red zone, automatic touchdowns. No, their opponents are 10 for 28 in the red zone, 36%. So the defense is actually a good deal worse in the red zone at home than they are on the road. And yet the Titans offense is so aggressively bad. I mean, like the, the, the gif of the dumpster on fire floating down the river of a flooded street in like a hurricane. Like that's what this Titans offense is in terms of red zone efficiency on the road at home. They're perfect. They're little angels. They're amazing. They, they can't miss. They're so good. It, it's like, it's the, the, uh, um, uh, Oh, I'm totally blank on his name. The, the chef that everybody, like the very famous chef that always makes fun of people. You idiot sandwich. What's his Gordon name? Gordon Ramsay. Thank you. Yeah. I've totally blanked on his name. Gordon Ramsay. It's like that meme where it's like, he's with the kids on the, the kids cooking yes. show. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, darling, sweet, beautiful. You're so gorgeous. Don't worry. It's just a mistake. And then it, it's with the adults and he's like, you, donkey you idiot sandwich like that's what this team is home and away red zone efficiency on offense let's keep going right penalty yards this is an undisciplined group in general but on the road even more so at home they're averaging 44.5 penalty yards per game on the road 54.25 penalty yards per game so giving away yards that they shouldn't be giving away at a 10 extra yards clip per game first downs right at home tennessee averaging just under 20 first downs a game. Their opponents averaging uh, just over 17 first downs per game. On the road, Titans opponents are getting north of 20 first downs per game, and the Titans themselves are only getting just north of 15 first downs per game. And then finally, third down conversion, right? Stay, this, this is reflective of staying on schedule, getting into third and shorts, third and manageables, and converting, being efficient. At home, Tennessee converting at a 40% clip. They are 21 of 52 on third down at home. Their opponents, 14 of 54, which is 26%. So reflective of how well they've done on both sides of the ball on third downs at home. On the road, Tennessee drops down, matching that uh, opponent home number of 26%. Well, Tennessee on the road is 26% on third down, 21 of 80. Their opponents, almost 50% on third down, 47%. 46 and 97. So there's there's a couple of these that really, really, really tell the tale for me. It's that third down conversion rate 
right? Both sides of the ball that their efficiency and ability to stay on schedule. It's their turnover differential hanging on to the ball. You, you're going to lose ball games when you give the ball away. And most of all, it's that red zone efficiency. It's reflective of their ability to protect the ball, their ability to be efficient in the red zone and their ability to be efficient on third downs. And you can sprinkle in there the penalty yards because this is an undisciplined group. So this is, I think, really eye-opening to me. It is it is crazy how Jekyll and Hyde this team is home and away. They are truly a different team at home. And we asked a couple of the players and coaches after the game today, like, what's going on? Why is that the case? Huh? As Joseph in the comments says, I guess on the way games, they just forget to coach better and play better. That's got to be what it is, Joseph. Well done on your part. Um, but we, I mean, Will Levis, we asked him and he said, I don't know. And clearly was at a loss for words and just said, I guess we have great fans, which is fun spin. Well done, Will. But JT, do you have, what, what do you, what do you make of these numbers? What do the people in the comments make of these numbers? I mean, it's, it's just head scratching, right? Like I knew that they were at least going to get off to a good start when you get Derrick Henry into the, into the end zone. And I say, hooray, finally, we're getting some red zone efficiency, even if <laughs> sure. it was one-on-one. Um, but then they continue to do that, right? You're getting these, and, and I think just on a whole, it's very interesting to look at this game because, I mean, their stats, like they did, like Carolina, worst team in the league right now, but they're the way that they're playing at home, regardless of competition, whether it be a Cincinnati team or a um, or the Los Angeles Chargers team or this Carolina team, they're all playing at, at like, it, that's that's what's most just confusing to me is that it's not because of the opponent, it's just... Because like it doesn't matter how different of an opponent you're playing, they're still just right. giving these same numbers at home versus away, which is uh, pretty mind-boggling to me. Yeah, for the Panthers' part in this game to kind of step away from these numbers, which again I, I think that these are these tell the tale of their home uh, in a way, their home successes and their away failures. For the Panthers' part today, just to do some reporting on my end, um, it sure sounds like Frank Reich. I mean, it's it is he is so fired, it's not even funny. The dude, the dude is a dead man walking. Um, The report from Will Kunkel, I believe, with Fox said that his source told him that Panthers head coach Frank Reich, his seat is, quote, on fire. That's not good. Uh, I think that this might be the week where we get our first. I mean, like this is around the time of year, end of November, beginning of December. You typically see the first head coaching fire. I don't know what the odds are right now in Vegas. I would reckon Frank Reich's at the top of them. And I think he's probably minus money because I think he's probably getting fired this week. Um, if that happens, just a total side note, I am super duper team, uh, Ajiro Evero, their defensive coordinator was the DC with the Broncos last year and really, really showed off with a great, uh, with a pretty fine group of players. Like his scheme in Denver was phenomenal when he was there. And it was the reason why he got, um, a, a higher paying job in Carolina. It sounds like in this offseason, he got some head coaching buzz in the offseason some head coaching uh, interview buzz he deserved more and he deserves a chance i think to be the interim so if they fire frank reich give ajiro evero that interim head coaching job um also on the panther side of things their owner david tepper was reportedly heard leaving the locker room the away locker room in nissan stadium today shaking his head and yelling uh f-bombs so that's not good uh Rich people typically like to spend a ton of money and not lose over and over. And they're in a tough spot because tanking really sucks when you don't have your first overall pick and well, you don't have the first round pick, which may very well be a first overall pick because they can't win any games. They're going to give it away, give that away to the bears. And they really, really, really need to 
put anything around their star young quarterback. Like the, the receiving talent is, is dreadful. The protection is dreadful. It's a dreadful franchise back to the Titan side of things. And I, I want to address some of your comments, um, which we have flagged a couple of them here. Josh in the comments saying that he was largely disappointed by this game said Levis looked okay to him, but still not enough to judge him as your future quarterback. I think that this was maybe the most disappointing game for me in terms of Will Levis. That is not to say that it was. I don't. I think it was. A, it was. I'm pretty neutral on this game for him. Um, he did some good things. He did some bad things. It, it, it was. He was kind of Jekyll and Heidi on individual drives, which was reflective of, I guess, the team's Jekyll and Hyde nature, home and away. There were certain drives where he'd come out and he'd be nails. I mean, there was one drive in this game where. He went seven for seven. I think that was on the long grinding, nearly 10 minute drive in that first half where they scored their first touchdown. He was really fantastic, was showing multiple arm angles, was feathering throws, was um, navigating the pocket, creating time, creating space, like doing all the things that you want to see him do. Really fantastic. And there were certain drives where he throws. I mean, his his turnover worthy play luck has to be off the charts. I don't know if that's a stat out there. I'm sure it is, but he's thrown so many almost interceptions. I say so many probably in five, it was five games. He's played now. He's now two and three as a starter in five games. He's probably thrown six or seven turnover worthy balls that hit the defender in the hands and they just don't catch it. It's just out of their reach or they can't bring it in. That's going to regress if he keeps doing that. So he needs to quit doing that, obviously. Um, and so it was, it was plays like that. And it was missing a wide open, wide open Deandre Hopkins streaking down the field um, when he had a chance to hit him and, and doesn't. This was the first game, and he was the first to admit this after the game, Will Levis was, that this was his first game as a starter where he had multiple throws that were there. The receiver was open. He had the time, everything. It was in structure, and he just, it was an accuracy issue. It was a placement issue. Um, he didn't set him, his feet well. He didn't throw from a, a good base. He threw from a, a, a tricky arm angle, whatever it was, and did not get the ball uh, where it needed to be. And he said he's confident he's going to fix that going forward. I'm not all that concerned about that. He's shown in his first five games largely improvement from where he was from an accuracy standpoint in August, in July, all the way back when we were scouting him in the spring and looking at his college tape. Like he's made some significant leaps and bounds in the, the right direction in terms of accuracy and placement. Um, and so I, I think there's no reason to believe that won't continue. And you're going to have games where you're just not as accurate. That's just the nature of playing quarterback. Um, but yeah, I agree that, uh, it's, it's one of those things. And I saw another comment, JT, if you can find it, who was talking about Jordan love in the comments here for us. Um, uh, it's Josh Medina here. I found yes. it. He said right now I put Levis in the same group as Jordan love good enough so far to get another year. I'm assuming is the typo here, but can't say whether he is the guy or not. I would say that's fair. And I think this is not to go on a tangent about Jordan love and my takes around the NFL, but I think Jordan love is being underrated a little bit. This season, I think that he's had sneaky like three or four games in a row where he's looked quite nice, quite serviceable. And I would think that's a pretty fair comparison. I think that the, the Jordan Love tier is where we would, I think we should place Will Levis. JT, do you have any qualms with that? I think that's appropriate. Yeah, I mean, it, it's for me personally. The difference just, is one guy's been in the league for three years, right? Like that's the thing. Yes, like, I mean, yeah, and that's also the other one, one guy gets uh, the most time possible to throw big play big passes down the field to his yeah. speedster receivers whereas will levis has no time and is <laughs> relying on chris moore to be that guy downfield or well, and Jordan Love is one of the, he's got one of the play callers right i mean he's got an offensive yeah. guru up there um so that that's there's some differences there but, but i think in terms for, of talent, like that's I, yeah i like where, where you're coming from I, I do agree that that's kind of the tier right now i think he he 
it's going to be interesting, especially as we start to see a lot of these, um, these divisional games come up against like the Colts and two games against the Texans, where I think uh, for, for what it's worth, like seeing a comparison between Bryce Young today and Will Levis really doesn't do it any service in my opinion, just because of how just like bad both of these offensive lines have been uh this season so it's really hard for me to judge them both i didn't um, know it was possibly worse than uh than the, than the titans offensive line but the panthers came into town today and they said check this out and yeah. they blew my mind yeah yeah they really did and um it'll be interesting when they go up against a team like uh the texans right now with cj stroud who is lighting the world on fire and then also in, in a week or two weeks or so when they go and play a miami team that is going to put up points on this team how does will yep. levis respond how is he going to uh obviously 100%. in that game plan game plan you're going to have to throw the ball that's where i'm interested to see what will levis can show me next I, that's where i was going to take this conversation i'm glad i'm glad that we're on the same page here because yes that's i as this season is largely a fact-finding mission and we want to see Will Levis in a as many. I want to see him in as many different various a variety of scenarios. That's what we need is get him in as many different types of games as humanly possible. That was a very broken sentence, but you get what I'm saying. He he, he needs to be put in different spots. He needs to be um, put in a situation like today where he's trying to protect the lead. And yeah, they were stagnant in the second half, and that was not any good. And they got to be better than that um offensively like I he joked in the postgame presser that he feels like they they gained more yards on that long grinding 90 plus yard uh touchdown drive to start the game or at the beginning of the game their first touchdown he felt like they they gained more yards and ran more plays in that drive than they did in the entire second half which I don't think is true but it's really close to it like that's essentially the truth um but I want to see him in a game like a Dolphins game where we're expecting the game script to call for him to throw the ball because what he threw the ball today, 20 some odd times, 24 times off the top of my head. I'm, I'm guessing that sounds about right. I believe to me. that's around right. Yeah. Like 1920, something like that. He, he's going to have to throw the ball twice as many times against a, a, a Miami team to stay in the game. And it's difficult because like you, I want to see him in that situation a hundred percent. But if that situation also means having to throw the ball a ton and also he's got no time to throw and he's got no open receivers and he's just getting murdered back there. Like if it's a Cleveland Browns esque game situation, for this Titans team, then it will, it will be infuriating because it'll be impossible to judge him given the circumstances. Right. So how many times did he throw the ball today? He actually threw the ball today, 28 times. So 28. Okay. Okay. So more than, more than I thought, but again, you're going to need close to, if not double that against a team, 35, if, if, at least 40. I right. Think. If Miami's putting up 30 plus points, you're going to throw the ball, throw the ball quite a bit unless their run defense just doesn't exist. And we've seen this Titans run offense is mediocre at best right now. Um, Some more comments from you guys just kind of pouring through here. Um, Joseph said he saw more bad than good with Billy jeans. Sure. Missed some throws, but I like what I have seen. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I disagree that I saw more bad than good. I think when we review the tape, you're going to see some of those grinding drives, especially in the first half. He, oh, I see. So Joseph, yeah, he, he had it backwards. More good than bad. That makes more sense. Yeah, I think I think that's where it is in this game. Um, I, I'm glad that he struggled. I, I think you, you need to struggle as a quarterback. I could tell in the postgame press conference that he was not super fond of the game that he played. That's good. He's You've got to make mistakes to learn in this league, and, and that's one of those things that I think he'll benefit from in the long run. But the Titans do get the win. Kyle's saying in the comments, he's done enough to get another year with hopefully better offensive line and a new weapon or two. And as uh, was mentioned by Joey at the top of the show, the Titans with this win do drop to ninth in the draft race as of right this second on Sunday evening, pending this Chargers Ravens game. 
in Sunday Night Football in a couple are actually going on right now, I suppose. Uh, that could drop them to 10th, depending on what the Chargers do. I, I've been saying this on Twitter and getting a lot of hate for it. JT, that Michigan-Ohio State game yesterday, very popular, very fun game. A lot of Titans fans rightfully entranced by Marvin Harrison Jr. and what he could be in the NFL. I, I tweeted, you're right to be just intoxicated by what this guy can do. But I think you're wrong, Titans fans, To I think it's, this is the important part. I, this is the draft. It's November. We know nothing. If you know me, you know I'm big on no definitive draft statements anytime soon. But in my opinion, I think the Titans probably aren't going to get a, a swing at, at him or get really close to that. And this fourth win for them could have really been all it took to remove yourself from the Marvin Harrison Jr. sweepstakes. And so um, if you think they lose out the rest of the way and maybe four wins is enough to be in that top five, cool. I don't. I mean, you saw how this team, you saw the numbers at home. Like, I think that they're going to win at least one or two more games this season, and it's going to get them right around where they were picking last year at worst. That's what I think the floor is for this Titans team this year. And that's not the end of the world if you find out what you have in your young players. If you feel confident with Will Levis and you get some positive momentum going down the stretch of the season and you do all of those things where you're like, okay, we've got what we've got. We know which guys we want to build around next year. We know which guys we need to cut or, you know, move down the depth chart. We've got a gajillion dollars to spend in free agency and some high draft picks. Let's rock and roll. That's not a bad spot to be in. Um, we can, any, any more thoughts from the, the comment section on Will Levis here, JT? Yeah, Joseph just has one here where he says, I feel like uh, Will Levis is totally capable of doing more, but doesn't have the full trust of the coaching staff yet. I'd like to see him take the training wheels off, put the game in his hands. I think it's... An interesting question because as I watched uh, bits, of do you pieces, agree with that? Do you do I, you think it's tough for me because I feel like I see I there's a case for it and a case against it. Like I see yes and no, um, and I think that has to do a lot with just kind of this like like we've been saying all all season. Tim Kelly getting more consistent slash this team just not having enough talent to actually make mm -hmm. Tim Kelly's system work. So mm -hmm. like yes, I, I think like. Would I love to see Will Levis be able to sling the ball a little bit more and like put the game in his hands? Yes. Do I think he ever will have the opportunity to do that because of how much, how little time he has in to operate in the pocket? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's, that's fair. Um, and, uh, sorry, just reading these comments. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you had to say there. Um, I, I, I think we can go ahead and move on to some other players on this team. Um, but, oh, oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, filibustering here because i knew i had one more thing i remembered it the one thing in this game which was the the latest addition to me being surprised by their willingness to put the ball in his hand and see what he can do was that what was it 30 something second 40 seconds like however long they had on the last drive of the first half where they marched down uh, into field goal range and nick folk hits from 50 that was a situation where the old titans or maybe the Tannehill titans or certainly the malik willis titans um, they would almost certainly in, in my experience, I was expecting them to just would we'll kneel it out. We'll go to half, like whatever we, it's fine. It's not enough time left. Or maybe we run a couple of plays, but it's like, you know, short distance. We try to break off a run. Like we're not, we're not going to put the ball in harm's way, passing the ball downfield. They immediately and repeatedly on that drive, put the ball in Will Levis's hand under center and shotgun, let him throw the ball down the field, get guys open. And even with like 15 seconds left on that last throw to NWI across the middle where they finally get into range, that was a big boy throw with not much time on the clock. They run up and clock it like that was the kind of thing where you're like, okay, 
This Titans coaching staff is absolutely willing to put the ball in his hands. They are absolutely willing to give him a chance to make or break a game and see what they've gotten him. Like they're, they're on that fact finding mission with us. That's a good thing. So I think that that is something that is uh, positive for this Titans team and well done by the coaching staff. Just a couple of thoughts and some other players before we get out of here. Um, Jalen Duncan. I think that he passed today. I, again, I cannot wait for that all 22 to come out tomorrow and for me to watch some of those snaps with scrutiny. Um, but as Todd Apple in the comments asks, are Jalen Duncan and Dylan Radens here starting tackles the rest of this glorious year? I certainly hope that they are. They should be. You, there's no reason to see Andre Dillard again. And Chris Hubbard is, you know, he's, he's done for the year, unfortunately with an injury. So that's a situation where, and unless Peter Skaronsky is going to bump outside, which you know I'd love to see, but it's not going to happen. Those should be your guys, uh, barring one of them just falling off a cliff. I think they both were fine today. You got your Dylan Raiden's one false start penalty per game out of the way pretty early in this one, so that was good. Um, but he is penalty prone. This this offensive line group is a the brutal combination of bad and undisciplined. You had three separate false start penalties, pre-snap penalties from three different offensive linemen today. You can't be doing that when you're also a really crappy offensive line, putting yourself behind the sticks, getting out of phase, uh, getting off schedule. It, it screws you. And that's what we saw that a couple of times in the second half. And that's why they never put any more points on the board after the halftime bell rang. Um, but Duncan, I was generally impressed by, again, not only do I want to watch some of the film, but I want to see who was going up against him a lot. I didn't notice, again, this is all so subject to change based on film study. I didn't notice them dedicating a ton of chip or tight end help to him on that left side. I felt like they were trusting him on an island at least as much as they were with Andre Dillard, um, if not a little bit more. And if that's the case, and he still didn't give up a ton of pressures or hits, great. That's awesome. And that's a promising thing for him moving forward as a developmental tackle that you may, you know, there's a lottery ticket. You may have hit on him. If you feel like by the end of the season, you can rock and roll with him at one of your tackle positions. That's phenomenal. And it, it accelerates this time, this team's timeline a good deal. I feel like, um, but JT, what, from what you saw in the game, did do you have any thoughts before we look into the film on Jalen Duncan? Do any people in the comments have any thoughts? Uh, not really. We don't have a lot of thoughts on that in the comments right now. Like you said, it's going to be at least for me who, uh, used a lot of the voice of Mike Keith today to to understand how 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 this game was Visual going as images, I as I sat in in two hours of standstill traffic in Knoxville mm. today. Um, mm. You know, I think the one thing that I um, the two things that at least for me that caught my eye one, Chikukonkwo had a good game. Hey, you didn't drop <laughs> the ball good. today. How about that? The ball today. How about that? Was that? a good one. And two, as everybody is saying in in um in the, in the uh, chat right oh, now, Ryan, Ryan Stonehouse is good. And and that was the most apparent <laughs> thing for me in, in this, in this game, as Mike Keith just kept saying, Stonehouse end over end kick. This is a high one. And I was like, Oh, good kick. Good kick. There we go. All it right. Was, that, it was, perfect. he was, he was yeah. on a clinic today. It was a Stonehouse day. Yes. Um, exactly. I, I, I think the pass rush also deserves their flowers from this one. Yes. Again, low bar. Um, yeah. That was about to say <laughs> very low bar. I mean, like as we talked about on the show on Friday evening, if there was ever a get right game for this pass rush here, it was, and they made great use of it Four sacks, a ton of hits and hurries. Can't wait to see those advanced metrics coming out tomorrow, but they were all over Bryce young and murdering in particular, this interior offensive line. Jeffrey Simmons was making very quick work of the interior offensive lineman pretty much all day long. And they got home a couple of times. And really, I mean, you, you think about it in retrospect, 
they win 17 to 10. They're towards the end of the second quarter. That strip sack fumble that puts them on the 15 yard line, I think, of the Panthers. Jeffrey Simmons gets the ball after mm-hmm. Danico Autry hits him on the blind side, knocks the ball out, heads up play from both guys. That was so pivotal in this game. It's crucial. I mean, other without that opportunity to score a touchdown, who knows what the final score of this game is that could take away a score and, and put this game at tide. And it may have been far, far less comfortable down the stretch. So getting turnovers again, that's good for winning ball games. This is not rocket science. Um, but yeah, Joseph Allen in the, in the comments saying the grand old Autry, Danico Autry got his paychecks worth today. Uh, the Titans got their paychecks worth at, and, and then some from Danico Autry wily vet day. For Danico Autry. I mean, the guy was out there ball. He's got so much juice left. It's crazy. Danico Autry is good. He's a very, very good player. And um, he, he's he's great at what he does. And what he does is get after the quarterback. And we saw, we saw that today. Um, it was kind of a, a bounce back day for everybody but Harold Landry, which isn't the end of the world to me. Because the only guy besides Jeffrey Simmons in the past three or four games that has kind of stuck out to me was Harold Landry. Like, I felt like he was actually starting to get back to form. Kind of a quiet day from him today. Not a big deal. Like he had a couple good ones in a row. You're you're down, you're due for a down day. And his teammates stepped up around him. You had a great day from Danico Autry. Great day from Jeffrey Simmons. Great day from uh 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 Arden, uh, Arden, Key. Arden Key, who hadn't had a great game since really the New Orleans game uh at the beginning of the season. And so he was in a good mood after the game. Those are all really fantastic things. As Joseph in the comments says, Big Jeff still very good at football. Yes, in fact, he is. Um, so yeah, I think that those are all good things. Do we have, I mean, like, it's again, abbreviated show. We're running up against time here. Any more questions, comments from the peanut gallery before we dive into the news? Nope. All right. Titans win. We'll see if maybe at this point, I'm kind of rooting for them to win every home game and lose every road game so that we can spend an entire offseason. Like, go. we can go to the, the government. Like, can we have NASA study this? Can we have our, can we put our best people on what's going on here? Because um, if they do that, first of all, they're going to win far more games than people think. Like, folks don't realize They've got uh, what they're four and seven now. So they've got seven games left. Four of their remaining seven are at home. A couple of those in a row. So that's like they've got a lot of road games left. They're going to start sucking on the road if they want to lose games. Like those of you that are all in on the tank, all in on the the draft pick. You better hope that they figure out how to lose on at home as well. So far, they are incapable of it. Um, And so well done for the Titans. Well done for this team getting back on track and getting a win and with that let's get to producer jt with the news yeah let's do our afc roundup here at the top of the show here the jaguars stay atop the afc south as they defeat the texans 24 to 21 today the hair of their chinny chin chin very much mm. it, I, if kaimi fairbairn was once again not he injured, hits that he hits that he hits that he hits both of them every single time mm. but really cj stroud continues to shine and is creating Making both of us eat crow on Tank Dell as that connection continues to Dude, shine there. Stroud, I have never, I think both of us have never been as wrong about a player ever. And it's not really close than we are yes. about Tank Dell. He's uh, him. We said he was small and slow and that he'd be bad in the NFL. Oh boy, we look so foolish. We look yes. so foolish. Well done, Tank Dell. I'm so proud of him. Uh, CJ Stroud, 26 of 36 for 304 yards and two touchdowns today in Tank Dell taking five receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown today. They continue to look good. Um, if when they play the Titans, Oh boy, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting time against those two. Titans better. Show, I mean, if there was a team that would come into, because they play them at home relatively soon. I know it's the Colts next week. Whenever they play the Texans at home, maybe that's the week the Titans figure out how to lose at home because yep. um, 
that Texans team. They're 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 good, man. They're a good team. And, and CJ Stroud is on God mode right now. The dude, the dude is is nails. It's really crazy. And they came literally inches away. Uh, and uh, speaking of the Colts here, oh, sure. as Joseph says here, Tank Dell is yucking y'all's yum right here. Kind of <laughs> no, 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 back no. on you. I like, I like the callback, Joseph, but absolutely not. Uh, I, yes. I do, I, I, I mean, like, I love when guys prove me wrong in in a good way. Like, be, I like, I root for people to be good. I like for them to be good. I hate when I'm proven wrong and a guy sucks. That stinks. <laughs> but like, if I think you're gonna stink, I don't like being negative. Prove me wrong. Go be great. Tank Dell did it. So well done. Yeah, moving on. Speaking of the Colts here, the Colts defeated uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today, 27 to 20. Um, Gardner Minshew continues to look just below average. He is a backup, but Jonathan Taylor was the star he of the show this week, is. Um, getting two touchdowns and kind of getting back to that Jonathan Taylor form, only for him to probably meet the Jonathan Taylor t- Titans voodoo next week, where, where they just seemingly shut him down. Um, but we'll have to sure. see on that one. And with that win today, the standings right now are the Jags atop the AFC South, eight and three, the Texans and Colts, both six and five and the Titans at four and seven. All right. Is that it for our news? So the best bet gauntlet recap here. Yeah, we we have the best bet gauntlet. Oh gosh. All right. What do we got? So I went two and one on the day, obviously, as I already said, Kaimi Fairbairn, Kaimi Fairbairn's there. I win this one easy. Like that that is, that is how it is. We take two and one. We take two and one. Easton. However, you're currently waiting on this Baltimore game, but you are currently 1-0 and 1 after not getting your hook with the Bills there at the at the final buzzer and uh and having to push. I'm kicking myself in more than one way because as I said when we picked these on Friday, I, I was a bozo and didn't like we have a, a system in place for us to lock <laughs> these lines in. Yes. I personally took Bills plus three and a half early in the week because I wanted that hook. I thought like it was one of those things where I thought to do it. And I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to tweet it out. I'm going to claim this. And then I didn't. And then I couldn't get it. And it never came back. And then that, and then you get to the game and it's like that whole, they're winning by 10 second half, third, you know, third quarter. They're still winning by 10. They're putting up a lot of points. They get to overtime. They get the ball first. They score all these things. And then, then just pain, just suffering and pain. <laughs> um, brutal, 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 brutal. Um, tough but you know what if i as long as if i go one one and one that's gonna really really piss me off if i go two oh and one we take those like i said two and ones we take two oh and ones we certainly take um and all in all a good week for us in the best bet gauntlet all right that is producer jt with the news that is our show today again a little bit of a a quieter one a little bit of a slower one slower shorter one for you today not a, a ton of of uh super detailed statistical breakdown as we typically do that's because we had kind of a weird day and there wasn't a ton to talk about about this game in general, but can't wait to get into some of the film. Talk about Titans again on Tuesday afternoon live. We're back to our regular schedule now that the holiday is behind us. We'll be live Tuesday afternoon here on the Hot Read podcast talking Titans. And then on Thursday at 530 p.m. Central Standard Time, we will be live at Boomba's Crap Pizza and Tap House previewing Titans Colts, the rematch of the division series here in Nashville this time coming up in week 13 until then do us a favor, follow the show on Twitter, on TikTok, and on Instagram, all at the same handle, which is at hot read pod at hot read pod on all of those social media accounts to get great content from the show, as well as updates about when the show is going to be live and news and information and all the things you need regarding the Titans and regarding this fine program. And then follow us on uh, YouTube subscribe rather at Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. 
The subscription count is climbing. We appreciate you guys doing that for us. Continue to subscribe. Again, it is free to you, and it's very helpful to us. Um, it'll help you get notifications for all of our videos and content as well. So please go subscribe for free, and it helps us out. We'd love to get that number up and up and up and get to 1,000 subscribers as soon as possible. So thank you very much for that. Until Tuesday, when we're talking Titans, breaking down this game in more detail. For producer JTM, your host, Easton Freeze, this has been the Hot Read Podcast. Enjoy your Sunday night. We'll talk to you later.